Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into the show. It is a week into the NBA season. We are one full week into the NBA season. It is Tuesday, episode two of your daily series of the Hooper's Log. It is November 3rd, 2015, Tuesday edition, and we are one full week into the regular season. Yes, I know it's an exciting time, and if you're listening live, you're listening to the Hooper's Log my name is Simo Buckets. Again, if you're listening in and you'd like to call in and talk basketball, the phone number is 323-642-1558. And uh, Andrew Norris won't be with us today. He's a little busy. It happens. Again, we expect this to happen throughout the year. We're not, we're, we, we are on a professional podcast, but we do not have all the time in the world for either of us. He works during this time. I work in the afternoon. If we both didn't work at the times we would, which – you know, let's say if I didn't work at night, if he didn't work during the day, or if he did work during the day, or you know what I'm saying, if he worked during the night, or during the day, and I worked during the day, we could do our shows at night, but unfortunately we have time constraints, and that happens, it's okay, we roll on, we keep rolling on, we keep going, and guess what, we're a week into the NBA season, again, if you want to know more about me and know more about the show, check out any older podcasts from this show, or any previous shows I used to do from a year ago, or any further out time uh, go to cmobuckets.com, C-M-O-B-U-C-K-E-T-S, cmobuckets.com. You can check out anything there. Again, we're going to have we're gonna have beanies and shirts and all that kind of stuff coming up soon. Again, if you want NBA 2K16, go check out previous podcasts on the previews. We still have it. We still have it here. If you want to get a, a live edition, free edition of NBA 2K16, go and get it. You can get it for free if you answer the question. Call in, and if you want to get it here now, 323 one five five eight. There were seven games on the docket last night. Monday, Monday night in the NBA. It was a pretty good night of basketball. Not the greatest night. Not not one of the best nights of basketball. But there was some history, and we're gonna get to that in just a second. Again, the phone number three two three six four two one five five eight. And there were four whiteboard worthy performances. Let's get to it. Kevin Hart, wrap it up for me. Let's all right, go. all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. Again, seven games in the NBA last night, and one of them in particular was LeBron James. And LeBron James just went absolutely off last night. I mean, you're talking about a guy, again, who made some history last night, but this was one of the plays he made last night. It was unbelievable. LeBron James, the company, Dallas Vidova for James Wall! $24,999 points. 
And that windmill was something to see again and again. And even Brett Brown had to go over and slap him on the butt. Acknowledge the greatness that is the king. And the cool thing about that was, the cool thing about that from LeBron James was the fact that that was only 249999. That was number 2499. Here is the historic alley-oop that we all wanted to hear, and LeBron James, the youngest, to get to 25,000 points in his NBA career. Lala for James, and there it is. 25,001 for LeBron James. The youngest in NBA history to reach and now surpass 25K. 25. They got it done, and he got 25,000 against the Philadelphia 76. The funniest thing about last night, and this was prior to the game, for those of you who are, who get get all the updates on your phone and injury updates and do fantasy basketball and all the other jibber jabber that you do with the NBA, which I do, I do a lot of it. I'm always on it. I'm always here. That's why my name's CMO Buckets. That's why I'm here for CLNS Radio. Again, coming to you through the FanDuel uh, studios here on the CLNS podcast. Now, uh, what's funny about last night is prior to this game, you knew LeBron was coming close to history, and you knew that he was getting close to that 25,000 mark. What's really funny is that before the game, there was an injury report stating that Robert Covington was coming back for the Philadelphia 76ers. And the funny thing about it was, was like, okay, uh, dude's coming back. Uh, I've done my report on Robert Covington. He's nothing. Robert Covington has done nothing in his NBA career. Nothing. And you're putting him on the injury report saying he's going to come in and do something spectacular? Okay. All right. Well, uh, LeBron James, he had the best performance of the night last night in near triple-double. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, 107-100 to 100 victory. They, he went 22-11 assists, 22 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, 4 steals, and 2 blocks. Again, 1 rebound short of a triple-double, he had a 59 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. Again, he got a whiteboard with the performance in that one. Another game last night that was of, of interest, Milwaukee beating the Brooklyn Nets, getting their first win of the season, 103-96. to Again, Milwaukee finally getting off the slump, getting on a win on their first week of the season. And the San Antonio Spurs last night, they went up against a team that's looking like they're going to be hot. Anthony trying to set the screen. Yeah, Chris Dasperzingas made an absolute monster of a play. He made a tip, tip back dunk off a of Carmelo Anthony miss, but it wasn't good enough as the San Antonio Spurs get their third win of the season, 94-84 to 84. again. More history in this one as Tim Duncan provides his 940, I believe it was 940 a third, if I'm not mistaken, this guy put together uh, another historic output in this one, I believe it was 942 wins, if I'm not mistaken. And the San Antonio Spurs trio, again, extending their record as a unit, the th- the trio of Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker. These guys have now 542 wins. They, they broke that record on Sunday against the, uh, the, uh, against the Boston Celtics. But Tim Duncan last night putting together a new record, 954 wins with one team. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff by Tim Duncan and obviously that trio now, probably the greatest trio in NBA history. I mean, you'll make the debate, obviously, of the Lakers-Lake show back in uh, 
uh, Showtime back in the 80s with the Lakers. I mean, you can make the case that they probably were better considering the amount of championships they won. But uh, they were an unbelievable unit. And uh, this is just another historical time for the San Antonio Spurs. Is again, they get another victory, beating the uh, beating the New York Knicks 94 to 84 in Madison Square Garden. Again, another historic night in the Garden as the mecca keeps growing its legend. Game of the night. I think this was game of the night by far. Oklahoma City and Houston. Two whiteboard with performances in this one, and you can guess who they were. Uh, Russell Westbrook had 57 on the on the whiteboard with a performance scale. He had 25 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds, two rebounds short of a triple double, and then he had two steals on top of that. 57 overall, not enough to get the win though. This was an unbelievable game. I mean, if you saw some of the highlights, or at least you watched the final portion of this game in the fourth, it was a back and forth seesaw battle. I saw James Harden finally come alive. Boy, you talk about a guy with a step back jumper that is unlike any other. James Harden fell in love with his step back jumper last night. And he was feeling it. He was stirring the pot. He was getting everything going. That beard was on fire last night as James Harden, again, getting in a whiteboard with a performance, probably his first of the year and Houston's first game win of the season. Houston, uh, James Harden on a 53 on the whiteboard with a performance scale, 37 points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals, and two blocks. Finally getting on the board with a big performance by James Harden as Houston gets their win, first win of the season in a, in a great game. This was definitely game of the game of the night. Obviously, with the back-and-forth seesaw battle in the fourth quarter, Oklahoma City getting the loss, Houston getting the win, 110-105 to 105 over Oklahoma City in Houston, an outstanding game there. Portland and Minnesota. Now, you're wondering probably why I'm breaking down this game or even giving you a recap. This was an interesting game from the standpoint, uh, well, first of all, Damian Lillard had a whiteboard-worthy performance. He was outstanding last night, 34 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds, and 2 steals. 52 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. He gets on the board with another whiteboard with a performance. Those are your four whiteboard with a performances. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Damian Lillard for Monday, November 2nd, 2015. Those are your guys right there that are on the board for whiteboard with performances. But this Portland and Minnesota game was interesting last night. I watched it at work, and the interesting thing that happened was the final minute of the game, there were a couple of calls by the refs that were a little shady. First of all, one of them was the fact that there was a uh, there was a goaltending call on Andrew Wiggins that was as controversial as it gets. It really was as close as you could be to really a 50-50 call. And what I saw is I saw, look, the ball was off the rim. It was out of the cylinder. Now, technically, it was still in the cylinder, but the ball was falling off, and you could tell it was falling off. And Andrew Wiggins made the perfect timing, but it might have just been a shade too perfect. The ball was not on the rim. It was off the rim. And the refs called it a goaltending call, giving uh, giving Portland the lead, which it should have given, I believe, Minnesota a one-point one lead or it would have tied the game. It would have changed the complexity of the game by far. And then on the very next possession when Portland got the ball back, Portland, they went up and shot up, shot the ball. There was an attempted layup, and uh, they 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 uh, they missed the rim completely. And I believe they gave it back to uh, they gave it they gave it as a tip a tip ball because they said it did hit the rim when clearly it didn't hit the rim. I believe C.J. McCollum went up for a layup with about two seconds left on the shot clock, missed the rim completely. Ball went out of bounds, was tipped out of bounds. They didn't they couldn't find out who touched the ball last. And C.J. McCollum, they, they, they said he did hit the rim with the ball, which it clearly didn't on the replay. And they go for a tip-off, a tip. And since the last two guys who tipped it last were Carl Anthony Towns and Miles, and Miles Plumlee, uh, you, you can take a guess at what happened there. Uh, 
Carl Anthony Towns tried to jump for the ball. Uh, Miles Plumlee tried to jump for the ball. And on the jump ball, they both held each other down. So it should have been a foul both ways. It should have been, you know, it should have been, a, it should have been a neutral call, or if it should have been a no call, and it just should have just kept playing on, or you just call a foul on both players. Well, Miles Plumley got the call instead of Carl Anthony Towns when clearly both were, were doing something illegal when jumping for the ball. Uh, Miles Plumley comes down, hits his free throws. Then Portland, then Minnesota comes down, misses, and that's kind of how the game dictates itself. And that's how the game ends. And Portland wins 106 to 101. You talk about a game where the refs, and, and in a night where hearts were heavy again, as it was the home opener for the Minnesota Timberwolves after the death of their coach, Flip Saunders, from about a week and a half ago. You talk about just getting absolutely screwed on referee calls late in the ballgame. Minnesota got just railed when it came to the calls in this one. But again, Damian Lillard had an outstanding performance. And uh, 34 points, seven assists, two rebounds, two steals, a whiteboard-worthy performance by far. And uh, it was just – it was one of those things where the end of the game, it just kind of left you with a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth. And uh, it was uh, it was a little bit of frustration. Speaking of bitter taste, how about that Memphis Grizzlies getting a 50 spot hung on them? That's Damn! right. Yeah. Blowout city, baby. They got blown out of the building in Golden State last night. 69 points is what Memphis scored. 119 to 69. A 50 spot. Yeah, let me repeat that. A 50 spot. Blowout city, baby. They got blown out of the building. Again, they got beat by 50. You don't get beat by 50 in the NBA. That's flat out embarrassing. And again, this is a Memphis team, and I heard this on multiple uh, multiple broadcasts in the game, uh, definitely in the Phoenix LA Clippers game, which we'll get to in a second. But in this game, I heard them talking about Memphis being a 50-win, you know, potential team, which is it's it's pretty obvious to say they're a potential 50-win team in the Western Conference, and they got annihilated by Golden State. Steph Curry scored 30 points in three quarters last night. You're talking about a guy who a couple nights ago scored 59. He scored 59 or 53 and nine. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's really holding up his own as an MVP candidate. I wish Andrew was here so I could bounce questions off him and ask him, or if you want to call in and have me bounce questions off you, or if you want to ask me questions, three two three six four two. One five five eight here in the FanDuel uh, studio for CLNS. If you want to call in and talk about this game, boy, you talk about Steph Curry really putting the pedal to the metal. This was an outstanding game by the Golden State Warriors. They played perfect defense. They played outstanding offense. This team has been an offensive firepower the entire year so far, and they've only played four or five games. I mean, you're talking about a season now where Golden State's coming in, and they're looking like a legitimate contender in the NBA Western Conference. I'm not sitting here trying to say they weren't last year. I'm not trying to say they, they aren't now. you got to be a little bit realistic when it comes to some things. And Golden State came into this year with, you know, NBA championship, you know, things of that nature. They're 4-0 now. The Clippers are also 4-0, which they beat the Phoenix Suns last night 102-96. to One of the tougher games that the Clippers have had throughout these four games so far I struggled a little bit. You know what's interesting about this Clippers team as we get off the subject of the Memphis-Golden State game, which we really don't need to spend any time on, which is the first blowout city of the year. Again, 50 points. You lose by 50 points in the NBA, you better be in blowout city. That was terrible. And, okay, so Clippers beat the, beat the Suns 102-96. to The Suns are nothing to sneeze at. I know they're not doing outstanding. They're 2-2 two and two right now. Eh, average, like we expect them to be throughout the year. Uh, the Clippers – they have an interesting dynamic going on right now. And this team, when these guys are playing on the floor uh, as a unit, it's really fascinating to see. 
there's a couple of guys and a couple of starters that are playing absolutely garbage basketball. And I'm talking about guys of the nature of, you know, like Lance Stevenson. He is not playing well. I mean, he he is providing minutes that are just completely unworthy. His plus minus was zero last night. Chris Paul's plus minus was minus four. Blake Griffin's plus minus was minus nine, where he had a great performance last night. 22 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. That's a good performance. It's not a whiteboard-worthy performance. That's pretty good. And he played very well. He shot 8 of 15 from the field. Clearly his defense is lacking somewhere. And clearly he's not playing the kind of defense he should be. Chris Paul, 17 and 5. That's not a bad game. Not a great game, but it's not a bad game. But he had a minus 4. You know, DeAndre Jordan had the best plus minus on the starting lineup, which was a plus 10. It's this is an interesting team right now because of the way their plus minuses are working out. And granted, their plus minuses are going to differ depending upon who's playing, you know, who's playing what, who's doing how. You know, it, it all depends. But when you have a winning team with this many minuses uh, and on the starting lineup, it makes you wonder how this team's going to operate throughout the year. I mean, I, I think they're, I still think they're a 65 win team. I still think they're going to win a lot of games. And trust me, once they figure out these woes on the court when it comes to these guys being consistent. Because what, what a plus-minus really comes down to is consistency. And, again, it's early in the year. This isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't March. This isn't February. This isn't middle-of-the-season type stuff. This is like first-week jitters. And Blake Griffin, I think, is just trying to figure out ultimately how to stay consistent. He, I'm not talking about his shot. I'm not talking about offensively because offensively Blake Griffin's looking like an MVP every single day. And I'm just talking about from the standpoint of Blake Griffin – trying to implement his form of consistency on the on both ends of the court when it comes to his ability to spread the floor on the offense, which he's done. But on defensively, he's obviously not providing his own work because he's only got one, one block and a steal. Obviously, he's probably not needing to play that kind of defense because no one's probably going to him. But at the same time, if DeAndre Jordan is the only guy getting in the highlight reel when it comes to defense, you're talking about an opportunity that maybe is going, going by the wayside when a guy like Blake Griffin's not playing the way he should. Chris Paul, again, playing good basketball, just, again, Plus minus, just not there. Both these guys, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul combined, minus 13 combined. Ye- those guys got to have at least an average, maybe of at least like a plus one or plus two. If those guys have a plus one, plus two throughout the year, you're talking about a team that could win 70 games. I mean, it's that different. It's that much of a difference. It changes that much of a difference. There's something going on with these guys when it comes to their ability to be efficient on the floor. They're playing great basketball. They're just not being efficient. Something's going on. Obviously, Chris Paul again last night, five turnovers. That's not characteristic of him to do. The team didn't turn the ball over that much last night. I mean, 11 turnovers isn't awful. It's not good. Uh, anything less than uh, six turnovers is a great game, but anything more than seven or eight turnovers, you're looking at, eh, you know, what's going on? You know, what is going on with this team? 11 turnovers. They only had 20 assists. That's not good for a team that's trying to win 65 games to get to the NBA finals. You're not going to win the NBA finals with that kind of plus minus with your starters. So uh, they, they won the game. They're four. No, nothing to worry about in Clipperland. I mean, geez, they're, they're four and over the first time since 08, 09. It's, they, they are looking outstanding. It's just their, their plus minuses worry me from the statistical perspective, because that shows maybe consistency isn't really being uh, maintained or monitored by, uh, by a guy in Doc Rivers, which, again, he probably doesn't even care about the stats as long as they get the W, and that's really all they should worry about. I mean, again, it was a, uh, it was a good game for the Clippers. They got the win. They, they struggled a little bit, but they got the win, and that's all that matters. Those are your, that's your recap of Monday in the NBA. Again, if you'd like to call in, we have time for a caller, 323-642-1537. 
888-528-2557, if you're not going to call in, that's totally fine. If you're just listening to the recap of what happened in the NBA last night, that's pretty much what happened. We're going to have our preview here in just a moment, but first, let's go to a break. FanDuel, again, if you want to get in on this FanDuel stuff for the NBA, join in now. Again, we'll match up your first $200 if you type in the word Celtic in the top right-hand corner going to FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com. Get there today, today, now, and you can start your lineup, your nine-player lineup. Obviously, two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, and then you have one center. I'm talking about if you get this stuff going, I'm telling you, you can really be successful. And if you're listening to the Hoopers Log, I can guarantee you you're going to do some big things this year when it comes to the NBA season. I mean, I'm telling you, FanDuel is the place to go. It's the place to sign up and get everything going today. If you don't want to really spend your money on a fantasy, a daily fantasy league, don't worry about it. I mean, if you want to go somewhere else, if you want to, if you, if you're, if you're not into it, at least get into some fantasy basketball. Do something, man. I mean, come on. You're listening to the Hoopers Log, where FanDuel, you should know what to do from here. I just gave you some stats on Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. Maybe not the best guys to pick up. Maybe because they're not doing the best. They're doing good when it comes to fantasy points, but when it comes to consistency down the road, maybe you'll know not to pick them because you'll waste your money when it comes to picking up. Again, FanDuel.com. If you want to join them today, get on it. Get going. Get get active. Uh, okay, so you're listening to the Hoopers Log. We'll be back with our preview of tonight's games on Tuesday night. There are seven of them in the NBA. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm from the home of the Mark Nicker, talk slicker, with guns fall quicker, on fraud niggas, the niggas better walk with ya, take the long way home, my finger itching in this barrel so long, like Pinocchio knows, my list of foes rose, casket clothes, and tight like mystical cornrows, exposed rap niggas, took hoes from rap niggas, never said shit when they see me, get your toe tag nigga, the cops and lyricists, Niggas can't get with this. Who's the tap Dre on the shoulder like nigga? Come hit his shit. Be thinking he's slick as shit. Nigga sweeter than licorice. Los Angeles God. We mob like infamous. Ain't from Queensbridge or Brooklyn. But we done shook one. Bullets, I done took some. Crack, I done cooked some. Don't you stand never look dumb. Ain't no honor amongst thieves. Especially when the hook come. Lives I done took November 
November 5th, 2015, on Thursday. He will call in. We'll have a 10 a.m. P- 10 a.m. Pacific show, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll do it here on the Hoopers Log. He'll call in. We'll talk some Utah jazz, and we'll get some things going. Hopefully, Andrew will be available for us. He should be available for us by then, and we should be ready to go again. Before we get to our previews of what happens tonight on Tuesday uh, for the seven games for tonight, uh, players of the week. Yes, we are a week into the NBA season. Let's break them down. Players of the week, and you can pretty much guess who they are. I mean, they're pretty obvious. I mean, they're not they're not anything special to look at. I mean, obviously, one of them is special. He won MVP in the NBA last year, and a guy in Steph Curry. He averaged 39.3 points per game over this past week. Obviously, the team went 3-0. and You're talking about a guy where, and again, they just won again last night in a blowout fashion. You're talking about a guy in Steph Curry who, could potentially average 27, 30 points this year if he just keeps performing the way he's performing. I don't expect that to be the normal trend. But, again, this guy has just been on fire. He's been lighting it up. Again, that 40, that 53-point performance the other night uh, last weekend was just unbelievable. He was outstanding. And, again, he's player of the week in the Western Conference. Eastern Conference, if freaking Andrew Norris was here, he would be all over this. Andre Drummond. Eastern Conference Player of the Week with the undefeated Pistons heading into the night. They're, they're playing tonight against Indiana, another, another great matchup. But he is Eastern, player, Eastern Conference Player of the Week in the first week of the NBA season. 18 points per game, 18.7, and then 16.3 rebounds per game. You're talking about a guy who's really making the leaps as a center, as a big man in the NBA. And, I mean, he was already good last year. He was – you could say he was a top-10 center last year. Now he's trying to make that leap into potentially a top-5, maybe even top-3 center if all goes well and if he keeps performing the way he is. You're talking about two guys that have just looked outstanding out of the gates for these two guys in the NBA. Let's look at these performances they've had. Again, October 27th. Uh, Andre Drummond, 18 points, 19 rebounds. That was the first game of the year against Atlanta. And then against Utah, scored 18 points and pulled down 10 rebounds in a 92-87 win over the Jazz. And then that 20-20 and game, where in 20 points, 20 rebounds, and an overtime win over the Bulls. Andre Drummond getting it done for the first week of the NBA season. And as I said, for Steph Curry, 40 points in the home opener, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, dominated against the Pelicans in game one. Then they only had 25.7 rebounds, six assists, ho-hum, an average day, but he still won. They still beat the Rockets by 20 in that one. And then against New Orleans, the, the next game against New Orleans, in New Orleans, he made eight three-pointers and had 53 points, nine assists, four rebounds, and four steals in a 14-point win over the Pelicans. You're talking about two guys that could make the run this year and be much – I mean, I mean Steph Curry, obviously, MVP of the league, but, but a guy in Andre Drummond who's making leaps and bounds as an NBA center. If you'd like to call in one more time, we do have a line available if you want to call in, 323-642-1558. Previewing the Tuesday games for you. Here they are. Let's get them going, shall we? I'm going to give you my picks. I didn't do that last night. I apologize, but I will be doing that from here on out. First game of the night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific here on the West Coast. Bulls at Hornets in Charlotte tonight. The Bulls are favored by four points. You know what? If I had to make a pick there, I would take the Bulls in the four points. I think they would get the win over the over the Charlotte Hornets. I think they'll get it done. Jimmy Butler has been looking outstanding. Again, 19.5 points per game this year, six rebounds, three assists, 
He's looking like a guy who's trying to make a run at that all-star appearance and trying to be in the starting lineup for the all-star game. I think the Bulls will get it done in, in, in Charlotte tonight. Charlotte's 0-3 for a reason. They just haven't figured it out yet. Kemba Walker's still looking pretty good, 16 points, four, four rebounds, five assists a game. He's looking outstanding, but the Bulls are 3-1 and one for a reason. The brawl at the Palace from about, what was it? That was about 11 years ago, actually. Yeah, Pacers and Pistons. Yes, the Pacers and Pistons playing. The Pacers are 0-3. They're going to try and get off the schneid as the Pistons and their player of the week, Andre Drummond, 18 rebounds, 18 points, 16 rebounds a game. You're talking about a guy, and then obviously Paul George has been playing great. 17 points, 7 rebounds, 4, 5 assists a game. You're talking about a guy in Paul George who's making a step up and getting better. Detroit's favored by 4.5 in Auburn Hills this week, or in this game. I honestly can see Paul George getting uh, getting his team to a victory tonight. I, I, I think Detroit's going to win, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I would take the Pacers plus the four and a half, and I think the Pacers can cover and at least try and keep this game close, maybe even pull out a victory. I think they're just sick and tired of being said, look, 0-3, they're not doing anything. I think they're going to be much better than people think, and I think the Pacers will come out and play competitive in this one. Hawks and Heat, this is probably another game I would sit down and watch. I mean, this is another important game to watch from the standpoint of, look, the Heat are 2-1, and one, the Hawks are 3-1, and one, two teams that are really playing well at the beginning of the year. Dwayne Wade looking good early, three rebounds, five assists, finally playing, finally playing like the Dwayne Wade we've seen in the past. Miami's favored by 3.5. I would take Miami in this one. They're at home. They're favored. The Hawks are good. They're playing good basketball. I just think the Miami Heat have, a, have too much down low with Whiteside and Chris Bosh being back. And obviously, Dwayne Wade, when he's healthy early on in the season, they can get this team over the hump. Miami, favored by three and a half, take the points. I think Miami's going to get it done big. Magic and Pelicans. This is an interesting perspective. This is an interesting game from the perspective of both teams are 0 and 3. One team tonight is going to get a win over the other, and they're going to have their first win of the season. Obviously, Anthony Davis, 23 points a game, 10 rebounds so far. Nikola Vucevic, 17 and 8. Uh, you're looking at two big men that can really compete with one another right now. Anthony Davis is clearly more talented than Nikola Vucevic, but with the team around Nikola Vucevic, you got to see where I'm coming from with this Orlando Magic team. First of all, the Pelicans are still hurt, and they're still damaged right now. They're not where they need to be and where they want to be anytime soon. Anthony Davis is a guy that can win, win a game for this team tonight. He could do so tonight, especially at home. But I think the Magic, considering how they played against the Oklahoma City Thunder over the weekend on Friday, uh, you got to tell me that this Magic team is, is one step away. I'm telling you, they are one player, one guy stepping up away from being an elite team in the NBA. And I'm telling you, they're young. They're very, very young. They're not there yet. But you give them another year, you give them another growth year, you give them one more player, you're talking about a team that could win an NBA Finals here in the next two or three years. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound crazy. It's realistic. Watch how they played against Oklahoma City the other night. They were up 18 in the fourth quarter. You're telling me that Oklahoma, that the Pelicans are going to be favored by four and a half, 0-3 with nine guys suited, and the Magic barely almost beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the only reason they didn't win is because they didn't have Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant. The Magic are going to win this game. They're going to win by a lot. I think the Magic win by 10 tonight. They're, favorite, they're, they're, they're underdogs by four and a half. Take that. Take it and run with it. It's an easy win. It's an easy points win for you if you want to make that money at home and if you're in Vegas. Raptors and Mavericks, interesting game from the perspective of the Mavericks are actually playing well. They're 2-1. and one. Uh, the Raptors are 3-0, obviously one of the other undefeated teams in the Eastern Conference. Kyle Lowry's playing great. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. He's playing great. Dirk is playing pretty good, 17-8. and eight. I, I think the Mavericks have a good chance of winning this game, but I think the Raptors are just a little bit too overloaded. I mean, they have DeMar DeRozan, in my opinion, one of the best scorers in the NBA. Uh, Toronto's favored by a point and a half. 
I'd have to give it to Toronto tonight. I think Toronto's going to go into Dallas and get a victory. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a good game, but I think the Raptors are going to get it, pull it out, and they're going to get the they're going to get the win. I think they're going to win by more than one and a half points too. Uh, Grizzlies and Kings, interesting game considering the Grizzlies just got their their doors blown off last night. The Kings are playing okay. Demar DeRoz, Demar, excuse me, Demarcus Cousins playing outstanding. Twenty two points, eleven rebounds, two assists. He's playing really good. And Mike Conley, he's stepping up, thirteen points and seven assists. I mean. The Grizzlies are a better team than the Kings, let's just be honest. Problem is that the Grizzlies just got their butt kicked, and they're going to Sacramento with their heads down low. I think the Kings can pull it out. I wouldn't put a lot of confidence in that. I, I think the Grizzlies can win this game, but considering the Grizzlies are favored by four, I would take the Kings when it comes to the points, just considering how bad the Grizzlies got beat last night. Clearly there's a blueprint on this team now, and if you put a blueprint on a team that's hit its ceiling, Look out, the Grizzlies might struggle longer than we think. Uh, I think the Kings will, will if, they, if they don't win this game, it'll, they'll keep it close. But I think, I think I would take the Kings in this one if I was a betting man. And then the last game of the night, Nuggets and Lakers. Uh, this is kind of just a throwaway game. It's on NBA TV. I mean, it's obviously Kobe Bryant's in the building in Staples Center. The Lakers are 0-3. The Nuggets are 1-2. They got Emmanuel Moutier and Kenneth Fareed in Denver. Uh, Kenneth Reed's looking pretty good. 12 points, 9 rebounds, looking pretty good this year so far. And Julius Randle's not, not looking too shabby either. But obviously the eyes will be on Kobe. The Lakers are favored by two. I think I'd take the Lakers in, I think I'd take the Lakers in this one. I think I'd give them the points, too. I think they'll win by more than two points. I think the Lakers will win by about five or six in this one. If I was a betting man, I would take the Lakers. So that's your preview for the night. Those are your seven games. we got about a minute left on the show. And uh, for those of you who still want that NBA 2K, uh, giveaway. We have Andrew Norris on the line. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, I, I didn't know how long the show was going to go, and I finally was able to sneak out of the office. But but if we're logging off, I just want to throw out call in and get 2K from us because we don't want it. Yeah, we've had it for a while. Andrew, Andrew, before we go, we got about 10 minutes left in the show, realistically. I mean, I was just going to close it off, but I saw you were on the line, and I got excited. And what did you? What was your take from last night? I mean, and again, Andre Drummond, Player of the Week. What, what's your opinion? What's all everything? Just give it to me. Give me your opinion. All right, we'll go quick here. Andre Drummond, Player of the Week. That is the first time a Pistons player has won Player of the Week since 2009, just to show you how bad it is. Uh, how bad it's been here. And that's why I tweeted out how important this 3-0 and start is to us Pistons fans. And, you know, I, you think a normal person would be excited I'm going to the Red Wings game tonight. But all that's going through my mind is, oh, my goodness, I'm going to miss the Pistons game. <laughs> but uh, yeah. then, I mean, if you look back to yesterday, man, did the Warriors look scary. I mean, they won 119-69. to That's ridiculous. They they just they made the Grizzlies look like a college team. Um, the Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks beat the Nets, which won me some money, so that's always nice. The Trailblazers have about as many wins right now as I thought they would have at the 20-game mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Rockets look good. James Harden dropped 37. Uh, you know they took out OKC. Uh, you know that that was a that was a good game. Kevin Durant looks good. He looks like he's uh, you know after the first game we were talking about, he was kind of hobbling up and down the court. You know he looked a lot better. Blake Griffin put up 22 and 10, which is going to be a bad game, I think, for him this season. Uh, they they improved to 4-0. I think they're the first 4-0 team in the league. Cavaliers beat, only beat the 76ers by seven, but at one point we're down 15 in the game. Uh, LeBron got his 25,000th career point, which was on a you know he had I think three stri- three straight plays with an alley oop to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Spurs, the Knicks were competitive with the Spurs. Kristaps Porzingis looked awesome. You, who, if that that slam dunk over Lamarcus Aldridge was insane. 
uh, that, that tip slam. And then, you know, today my Pistons going to go 4-0 and against the Pacer team. You were so excited about that's going to start 0-4. Um, hey. You know, I think the <laughs> – Chicago is only giving four points to the Hornets tonight, which is just shocking to me. Right. Uh, I think I think the Bulls are going to pull that out. Uh, I think the Hawks are going to beat the Heat um, and just kind of show that they're still a really good team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Magic Pelicans, who's going to get their first win tonight? Uh, I think it's actually going to be the Pelicans, and the Magic are just going to be so close again. Uh, Raptors with a chance to improve to 4-0. Uh, you know they they've looked they've looked really good. I've I've seen a lot of hate on DeMar DeRozan. I want everybody to slow their roll. The guys averaging 21 points a game. Let's stop right. it. And then we got Gary Harris and uh, Gallinari are both going to get the chance to guard Kobe Bryant tonight. The biggest question in that game: Will D'Angelo Russell finally look like he belongs on a basketball court? And will Kobe Bryant finally look like he's not 60 years old? Uh, the Grizzlies are going to the Grizzlies are going to come out angry tonight. I think they put a whooping on the Kings. Either that or they get beat bad again. Uh, but tonight's going to be a fun night of basketball that I'm not going to get to watch, but I'm not complaining because I'm going to be at the Joe. This is hockey town here in Detroit, and we are going to get to watch the Red Wings. Uh, they are taking on the Lightning tonight, 5-5-1 five, five, and one against the 6-5-2 and two Lightning. Uh, yeah. I get to see our rookie, 19-year-old Dylan Larkin, come in. That's going to be exciting. First time I've ever seen him play in person. It's actually going to only be the first Red Wings game I've ever been to in person, uh, which is shocking thinking about how many of the other sporting events I've gone to with the Tigers and the Pistons. I go, I'm there like every other day. But, uh, you yeah. know, tonight's going to be a fun night in basketball. Go Pistons. Uh, I hope the Bulls win me some money. <laughs> I, well, I have one question for you before we leave. I was talking about the uh before you came on the air i was talking about the uh the i, w- I was talking about the clippers and their their woes and from the standpoint of they're 4-0 they're a good team i mean obviously Blake griffin's outside jumper is unbelievable right now i was watching that game and i was they were talking about him as as he was playing and i was just like dude lock it up he plays this way the rest of the year lock it up as mvp but uh the one thing i was mentioning when it came to the lake or the clippers is the fact that the one concerning part, and you mentioned this in your plus minuses when you bring it up, uh, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul were a combined minus 13 last night. And the one thing that's fascinating about that stat, and the one thing I'm starting to recognize about that stat, is that plus and minus in your right, it does depend on who's on the court. It does depend on different varying factors from the standpoint of certain things. The one thing that bothers me about this stat, though, from from not the standpoint of the stat, but from the standpoint of this team, is that it could potentially hinder this team in their consistency come playoff time. And again, I know this is, I know it's November. I know we're in the first week of the year, but it's concerning to see a guy like Chris Paul come out and have a minus nine, minus nine and see, uh, or a minus four and then see a Blake Griffin have a minus nine with such a great performance. I mean, that's a level of consistency that might be falling by the wayside on one side of the floor or the other. I mean, what is your take on that? I know I've heard you, your take before, but what is it on, on, on the superstars in the starting lineup of this team? Well, especially with this Clippers team, because most nights this bench is not going to have a, a positive plus minus. This this starting lineup of Griffin, DeAndre, Paul, Reddick, and Stevenson has to perform, has to go get leads, and has to kind of separate themselves while they're on the court so that the bench can come in and at least try to keep it about the same distance. Um when they're having a negative plus minus and still winning the games, 
that is that is really good news, actually, in some ways for the Clippers, as far as yep. that means that their best players didn't play their best games, and their bench stepped up. Of course, they have two really good bench pieces in Paul Pierce and Jamal Crawford. Neither are what they used to be, but then after that, you see talent, but you really just it's, – it's a bench that worries you because – it's a bench at first glance, you're like, wow, Jamal Crawford, Paul Pierce, Josh Smith, Wesley Johnson. But then you watch them go on the court, and they can't play together. These are a bunch of guys who Jamal Crawford's made to go into a game for 25 minutes and shoot 10 times. Paul Pierce now is made to do the same thing. Austin Rivers is made to sit on a bench. Josh Smith is made to go into a game for 25 minutes and shoot 10 times. And Wesley Johnson's made to be a fifth man in the starting lineup. So he's not bad to have off your bench. But these guys on the bench just don't fit for 25 minutes together, which is going to really hinder them in the future. But that plus-minus stat is going to be so important for this starting lineup. If this team wants to win close to 60 games, this starting lineup, when on the court together, will have to have one of the higher plus-minuses in the league. That's interesting you say that because as you were talking, I literally was flipping what you were saying from the Clippers to the Thunder. I was just thinking of the Thunder because I was like, you know what? This Thunder team, as I've been watching them, and I watched, I watched the highlights from last night from that game, and you talk about one of the better games we've seen. Obviously not Orlando and Oklahoma City from Friday night, but this was a one of the better games from last night from the standpoint of you had three superstars on the court. Obviously they used to play together, uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. But watching, I saw some plays Russell Westbrook made last night again, and I was just like, dude, this is – this is a guy that people need to just tune in and watch. This guy is an unbelievable athlete. But when you were talking about the starting lineups plus minus, the Thunder have been just relative to note. If you've just been watching this team, their starting lineup's great. The problem is, is they, they play very individualized basketball with that starting lineup. Russell Westbrook's making great plays, making great IQ plays. But at the same time, when that bench comes in in Oklahoma City, I'm telling you, it reminds me a lot of the Lakers from 2010. It reminds me a lot of the Heat from 2011 or 2012, 2013. Their bench comes in and they provide a spark like no other. They play very consistent, very uh, efficient. And then that starting lineup, they come back in. They play great, don't get me wrong. But it's almost as if they take something away from what the bench did. Can you you rely, rely on that and talk about that for a second? Yeah, I mean, last night wasn't as bad as we've seen it. Uh, Durant and Westbrook took a combined 35 shots. Uh, we've seen them right. take as many as closer to the 60 mark, which is absurd. Um, and last night, you know, they, they lost by five. And that that's, uh, that these are the type of games that make you question plus-minus. Because in this game, they were a combined zero. They were neutral on the plus-minus. Took less than normal. And then you'll go to a game where they score a combined 91 points, and they're negative. Um, now, with this team, it's it's the, probably the most unique plus-minus case in the history of the NBA, just with the talent they have in Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. But if, if they don't figure out how – and we know Russell Westbrook gets 11 assists, 12 assists a lot of the nights. But they need to figure out how to truly di- distribute the ball. Uh, and by that, I mean they need to figure out ball movement more than just, oh, if I throw it here, I'm going to get the assist. Uh, you see, the Spurs might not have the highest assist totals individually, but their team right. assist totals will be high. The the Thunder had a combined 13, 14, 17 assists last night. The Rockets had 14, 15, 17, 20, 22. 
I mean, five five assists is at, at least ten points probably in today's NBA, closer to twelve or thirteen. And you know, it's a it was a five point ball game. Uh, you know, it's it, it's team assists that you really need if you want that plus minus to rocket and the the win to to shoot up. Of course, the talent on this team is going to be able to drag out victories no matter what. But you know, the the team ball movement has to move up and. Aside from Russell Westbrook, there was only six assists for the Thunder last week. Well, we're here tomorrow. Uh, we have another show tomorrow. Again, we're going to probably have a Detroit insider. Uh, Andrew can give you more on that, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Andrew, uh, I'm out of here. See you, man. All right. Peace. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy the NBA, and obviously enjoy your hockey if you're going to be out there. All right. Have a good day, everybody.